Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Dee Eman, CIO at Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. In this segment, she talks about the benefits of shifting from a traditional EDW model to a data lake strategy, how her team is partnering with other health systems to deliver a seamless care experience, and why she believes patient engagement strategies need to focus on more than just patients. Hi, Dee. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. To get started, uh, can you give an overview about Wake Forest Baptist Health, uh, you know, what you have in terms of uh, facilities, bed size, and just some information about the area? Sure. Um, Wake Forest Baptist is an integrated academic medical center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. We're located about an hour and a half west of the, the Raleigh-Durham area. From a facility standpoint, we have uh, three hospitals in our system with a fourth that will be coming online this July. We have about $2.6 billion in um, budgeted revenue. Bed size, we run about 1,200 staffed inpatient beds throughout our enterprise. Ambulatory clinics um, and outreach centers, we have about 300 at this point. From a a faculty and, and physician standpoint, we have close to 2,300 um, in total right now, and that continues to grow. Total employee base is about 14,000. We do about 44,000 discharges annually, about the same in in surgeries, um, and we run about 160,000 ED visits throughout our enterprise every year. Okay. And do do you serve a pretty uh, large geographic area? Yeah, we do. We serve about 2.5 million residents, and we have on the ambulatory side about 1.25 million patient visits a year. So we do cover a large catchment area. Okay. And you said that there is a fourth hospital that's going live in July? Correct. So we have acquired a number of organizations over the past 12 months, and um, one of them is a community hospital about an hour west of where we are today. Okay. Now for the hospitals that are currently with the system, everything is on EPIC at this point? That's correct. So we run EPIC as our enterprise standard EHR um, in all of our hospitals as well as all of our ambulatory locations. And will the, the community hospital have to be brought up on that? Absolutely. So when we close on that acquisition, we will actually be putting them on EPIC and all of our enterprise standard systems. Okay. That's always exciting. It is. It is. Lots of, lots of work, but um, nice to have them as part of the EHR. Um, it really allows us to, you know, really focus on ensuring that there's a lot of transparency as patients are moving throughout our system. So we prefer that when we onboard a new location that we get EPIC installed day one so the providers have access to all of that information. Right. And are you using it pretty much for all the modules or at least uh, most of them at this point? Yeah, we've actually deployed probably... I would have to say 90% of all of our care is now on the EPIC platform. We do have a couple areas that are we are still building out some of the specialty areas like ophthalmology um, and transplant, but by and large, we are EPIC through and through. Okay. And now what about for as far as warehousing, uh, enterprise data warehouse, what does that picture look like? 
Yeah, so we have kind of a multi-tiered strategy. Um, because of our large research component, we, we've taken kind of a different approach to probably data archiving or you know, data warehousing and, and data management in general. Um, we have traditional enterprise data warehouse um, that, that's been here at Wake for a number of years. But more recently, we've moved to a data lake strategy where we're able to bring in large sets of data, um, including a lot of genomic and genetic information uh, for our researchers. And then the data lake allows them to bring that information in in an unstructured format, which is, is different than the way that an enterprise data warehouse works. Um, and it allows us to bring in those large data sets, and then we have big data capabilities over the top of that for processing. So from an analytics standpoint, the data lake is, is our, our main structure that we're using right now um, to really accelerate innovation and clinical research at Wake Forest. Yeah, that, that seems like a strategy that makes sense, especially when you said you're talking about the research component and, and the, the sheer amount of, of data that uh, you have to be dealing with. Absolutely, and, and you know, having big data capabilities from a processing standpoint allows the researchers to run analytics and um, get the results much faster than in a traditional EDW environment. Right. And what are some of the ways in which uh, analytics are being leveraged? Um, again, I would have to say on the on the research side is is you know the primary area that our data scientists and and researchers are um, you know really looking at um, different things like population health management, risk stratification, looking at you know quality, and then getting into um, really more on the on the genetic and genomic front, um, really looking at how do we use that information to develop novel therapies for, you know, a lot of our clinical marquee programs like cancer and our aging programs. Right. So a lot of really cutting-edge, interesting work going on there. Yeah. Um, you know, we were awarded a, a CTSA grant last year, and in addition to that, we're an NCI-designated facility, so, so we do a lot of, of grant work and research. We also hold, through our, our um, regenerative medicine program, we have a, a contract with the um, armed services, and we are doing some work around novel treatments in burn regeneration and things of that nature. Great. So I imagine that that's something that is a um, kind of a useful recruiting tool. Um, actually, you know, we do have quite a few faculty um, and even students and, and residents that come here because of the innovation um, that Wake Forest is known for. We actually developed the WoundVac um, a number of years ago, which is now kind of a mainstay in, in clinical care for treating wounds and wound healing. So we do have, you know, a, a big draw from the faculty research and, and even residents and students who like to come here because, because of the innovation that we support. Right. Okay. And now, now you briefly mentioned population health before. Oh, is that something that that's a, a strategy right now? Or are you kind of working towards it? Um, absolutely. I think, you know, for the last probably year and a half, two years, we've had a, a strong focus on population health. Internal to Wake Forest, we use Epic Healthy Planet um, mm -hmm. as our 
system um, for really, you know, driving population health care management strategies. Um, we also are a participant in, in a much larger ACO and clinically integrated network. So all of our data actually is fed over into um, that larger group effort as we look at population health kind of in the triad area here around Winston-Salem. So we have both an internal strategy as well as the, the collaborative strategy across the ACO and CIN that we're executing on. Okay, and that includes other uh, health systems? Yeah, we have, I, I believe, six right now that are, are participating in our CIN, and they are also, all of them participate in the ACO as well. So, again, it's been one of those opportunities when we look at, you know, activity that's going on outside of Wake Forest. Because our patients kind of move in and out of different health systems depending on, um, you know, where they're located, it's, it's actually been a great opportunity for us to broaden the lens of where patients are receiving care um, and how to best meet them and meet their care needs as we can look out into the broader community and start partnering with, you know, other healthcare systems that are also working toward population health and, and really delivering a seamless episode of care to a patient versus just that episodic care that we've historically looked at. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that's really exciting. And with this ACO, are there different pilots going on or kind of like tackling one, one uh, maybe disease state or population at a time? Um, you know, we have a number of different, um, obviously, initiatives that, you know, we're looking at both internally and then across the, the broader CIN. I would have to say, by and large, we are really focused on probably, uh, you know, some of the same things that other healthcare organizations are looking at. Um, things tied to MIPS and MACRA, so readmission rates, you know, improving quality, closing gaps in preventative care. Um, and then on the, you know, on the disease front, we're, we're spending a lot of time focusing on chronic conditions like congestive heart failure, COPD, diabetes would probably be our top three that, that we're focused on right. today. And now, in terms of uh, patient engagement, what type of work are you doing there? I mean, that, that's an interesting term, too, because I feel like even in the last year or so, we would hear people talk about portals, but now it's really gone beyond that, which is, which is a step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, you know, obviously the patient portal is uh, kind of the mainstay when you talk about patient engagement. But to your point, you know, we are looking well beyond just, you know, the portal inter interaction between the patient and the care providers. We are starting to branch out with a, a full telemedicine program. Wake Forest has had a very strong stroke program that's been in um, the market for quite some time, 10 or 11 years. But now we've deployed video visits, e-visits, so we can do more of that. Again, how do we reach the patient without them having to come to one of our centers to provide care and, and do that in a way that's you know, least disruptive into, into a, a patient's life. We are starting to do more on remote monitoring for patients um, that are discharged from the hospital. Um, and again, trying to intervene at points in time in their care based on more of a 
coaching and and trying to get patients to you know really focus more on on healthy living versus waiting again for you know them to come into an acute crisis where where they're typically you know historically have been engaging with a care provider so much more proactive management um, through things like telemedicine and home monitoring. In addition to that, uh, we are are really focusing also on not just the patient themselves, but the extended family. So Mm -hmm. how do we, especially for the aging population, ensure that the family members um, are also able to engage with the care providers where appropriate to bring up concerns or work through issues that they may be seeing with their loved ones versus, again, just the traditional doctor-to-patient um, engagement. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's really interesting. And starting to hear some organizations, too, talk about, you know, going into other realms, whether it's, uh, you know, churches or things like that to try to, to try to reach patients. Yeah, we also have a large group in our faith health department that does community outreach and, and again, is, is really focused on what are all of the support mechanisms that patients use in their communities and how do we better engage, you know, again, whether that's setting up blood pressure clinics in those areas or, you know, when people are transitioning out of the hospital, how can we use you know, the support services that are out in the community that that patient is currently engaged with to help support them um, and ensure that, you know, their recovery and or if they have a chronic condition, that they are are supported to a point where if something is going on that we're able to intervene earlier prior to a patient ending up in an emergency department. Right. Yeah, that's something that's really seems to have picking up speed and uh, hopefully will continue to evolve as far as uh, how patients are reached and how they, how they can engage with the systems. It's, a, it's an interesting evolution. You think back, you know, 30 years ago when doctors, or probably a little longer ago than that, when doctors actually went to see people at their house. And, and we're starting to see that pop up again where, you know, you have more concierge personalized medicine where um, providers are actually extending out back into to patients' homes. And, again, I think it's, a, it's a, a great way to really understand what's going on with the patient, to see them in their home environment and understand, you know, comprehensively with, what's going on with the patient. You know, again, I think it's going to be a, one of those balancing between being able to afford to do that versus yeah. having patients come to the doctor's office. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.